Arizona's sports station. The Rundown Reload. Rundown Reload. It is the Rundown, April 4th, 2020 edition. I'm your host, Luke Lipinski, Michaela Perkins, producing as always. Hopefully everybody had a pretty good weekend as we start this week off here. And uh, we're going to begin... We have to begin, I think, with The Last Dance, episodes 5 and 6 airing last night. And these ones hit home a little bit more here locally, of course, because episode 6 focused on the Bulls' third world championship. And that, of course, came uh, over the Phoenix Suns. (laughs) There was was a lot of uh, of great lines in the two episodes last night. Charles Barkley may have had the best, and it, it was from 1993. When they asked him if he had anything to say to the fans of Chicago after the uh, after the Game 5 win that forced a Game 6, Chicago fans were kind of already preparing as if they had already won the series, and Barkley and the Suns pushed it to Game 6. Now, obviously, the Bulls ultimately won anyway, but still a great Barkley line there. Two really good episodes last night, and if you've been listening to this show at all in the last couple months... You've known that really since that first trailer dropped for this show, and what was, that was like back pre-Super Bowl, wasn't it? I was all in on this. And as I've said in the past, I got to see Jordan play, but I wasn't really old enough to appreciate just how good he was. Not to say that I didn't know he was the greatest player in the world, but there's a lot in this series that is stuff I just didn't know. I think it's, there's a lot of stuff in the series a lot of people didn't know. I mean, I knew, you know, I, I knew they won six out of eight. I knew he didn't play in, in, in two of those eight seasons, and those are the two they didn't win. I knew most of the stuff. But what this series has done very well, I think, has balanced the unseen footage they have from that 97-98 season with providing the necessary background over the course of ten episodes. And I got to say, as high as I was on this series before we even got to the point where we didn't have other live sports. And then certainly when we lost live sports for a while, not much more interested in this series. As high as I was on all that, there was part of me in the back of my mind that was like, are they going to be able to really fill 10 episodes and make them all compelling? Or is it going to feel like they're stretching? Like, should this maybe have been eight episodes? Now I don't know how they're going to fit it all in 10 episodes, to be honest. This is going to be... I'm not going to be happy when this uh, when this series ends. But um, last night's episodes focused on the Dream Team and just the impact that that had on the NBA on a global scale. A lot of focus on Michael Jordan and just that competitive streak. My impression of Jordan prior to the series was always that he is in a, in a sport and just a professional, if you're a professional athlete, in a profession that is founded on being competitive by nature, Jordan was always just that much more competitive. That was, that was always my impression of Jordan. Like, I've always thought we, we have never seen a player like LeBron James, if you want to go with the comparison between the two greatest players of all time. We've never seen a player like LeBron. He's huge. He's built like a, I, I want to say a linebacker, but that's not even fair. He's built like a, a really tall linebacker. He's built like a defensive end but he moves like a point guard. LeBron is is just amazing in so many different ways because there are times when he looks at like on, like he's not human out there. But my perception has always been that Jordan is the greatest basketball player of all time 
LeBron is a, a close second, but a second. It was tough last night, though, because Episode 5 has interviews with Kobe. And I've always thought Kobe was the most similar to Jordan just with that. He would find a reason driving to the game to be upset at the other team or to have a chip on his shoulder. So it's funny to me that a lot of people are saying Jordan was a little hesitant to make this series or to be a part of the series because he wasn't sure if people were going to perceive him all that well after it aired. And it seems like that is, for the most part, and based on a, a quote from Jordan last night, they scrolled across the bottom of the screen, for the most part, it seems like he was he was worried about that because he was so competitive and because he would get on teammates if they weren't performing up to his standard or if they weren't practicing up to his standard. I mean, they showed the footage of the Dream Team practice. It's a practice. Not to sound like Allen Iverson, but it was a practice. There's nobody in the stands, and it turns into this scrimmage game that is probably one of the best basketball games anybody would ever see. Not just because of the talent, but because of the competitiveness that starts with Jordan. But, I mean, if you're Magic Johnson or Larry Bird or Patrick Ewing or whoever, and you're playing against Jordan and he's going to be that competitive, you have to be that competitive as well. We saw the footage last night of Jordan and Pippen basically saying, give us Tony Kukoc in the Olympics because they didn't like how much Jerry Krause liked Tony Kukoc. Sort of saw a similar scenario when the Bulls played the Suns in 93. And because Jerry Krause, like Dan Marley, that was all Jordan needed to really zero in on him. Dan Marley was on with Bickley and Murata this afternoon. He was asked, are you watching this series? I watched it. I was nervous. You know, he had dogged a few people, and I was hoping he wasn't going to find a way to dog me, but he did. But he proved him. He proved himself right. I couldn't guard him. So, uh, well, you weren't I alone. I didn't, I didn't need help from Jerry Krause, so uh, <laughs> that, was, that was a problem. Yeah, Jordan just went off in that series. I mean, he went out pretty much and, and dominated every NBA Finals he was in, which if you are in that crowd where you say Jordan is the better player, I've always hated the argument of, well, this guy has more rings, so he's better. Like That is very flawed. That is a very, very flawed argument to make. Sometimes. But when you can make the case, when you're talking about a guy like Michael Jordan, who didn't single-handedly win those rings, but he was the clear driving force in all six of those, that's a different that's a different story. Used to get into the debate with people from U of A of who's the best NBA player to ever go to an Arizona school. And I think it's pretty clearly James Harden. That's not saying ASU is a better basketball program than U of A, but in terms of just an NBA career, I think James Harden has performed better than anybody else from ASU, U of A, or NAU. And the pushback I get was, Steve Kerr has more rings. Yeah, I, cool. <laughs> like, I like Steve Kerr. James Harden is a better NBA player. You see it a lot in the NFL. There was there was a while there where it was like, well, Brady has one more ring than so and so, so that makes Brady a better quarterback. Nah, that's that's not that's not it. There's other factors. But with Jordan, it's remarkable. And, and watching this series, it's sort of a reminder, especially last night with the Suns. Think of how many great players and really good teams just didn't get a title because they happen to be in the league at the same time as Michael Jordan. That's why, to me, he's the best player of all time. 
You know, he's he's getting he's getting held down by the Pistons. I love that that fourth uh, that fourth episode last week. I should mention, by the way, I'm not a Bulls fan at all. <laughs> this is just compelling uh, theater. But I love that fourth episode where Jordan's basically doing everything right, but the Bulls can't get past the Pistons. And he essentially makes his teammates stay around in the offseason and, and wills them to a win the following year. Not only do they get past Detroit, they sweep them. And from that point on, if you think about it, Michael Jordan with the Bulls won every single year. <laughs> he finally got past the Pistons in what was that, 91? And he won in 91, 92, 93, didn't play 94, 95, won in 96, 97, and 98. And then the Bulls just broke themselves up. Even if you're not a Chicago fan, even if you're not a Jordan fan, you have to you have to respect that and appreciate that. But like I said, the beginning of last night's first episode was tough because they had the interviews with Kobe, but it was also really it was insightful because Kobe said, you know, people ask him who would win one on one. He's like, no, no, no. You don't understand how much Michael Jordan did for me. And you could see it. You could the competitive fire that Kobe had. That, to me, was the most similar to Michael Jordan that I've seen from any other NBA player. That's not, that's not one of those comments. I know people run with it. Like, oh, p- players today, they just, they're not as competitive. or it does, it's, They don't take it as personal. I don't think it's a generational thing. I think it's just a you're not Michael Jordan thing. And you know, Russell Westbrook, I've always thought, was really competitive as well. But if you're talking about all-time greats, who also had that extra edge where they would just put a chip on their own shoulder and find something to get angry about their poor, unsuspecting opponent across the court on any given night. To me, it's just Jordan and it's Kobe. One more from uh, from Dan Marley talking about that series and really how well the Suns did play. But again, the Bulls just, they took all the titles in the 90s. Uh, we tried a lot of different people on him. You know, I guarded him, uh, KJ guarding him, uh, Ainge guarding him. Everybody tried to, to try to stop him, and uh, he was motivated to play well. Obviously, that three-peat was something that he wanted, obviously, very bad. And uh, he was that type of player, and that's why I'm so glad that this uh, documentary's come out because I, I keep telling everybody what a great player he was, and everybody talks about LeBron and Kobe who were – you know, unbelievable, but to me, Jordan was the best player to ever to play and didn't have a whole lot of weaknesses, and the best thing about him was just his intensity, as everybody's finding out in this documentary, and defensively, he was great, but when he put his mind to something and he wanted to take over a game, uh, he did it, and there wasn't a whole lot anybody could do, and he kind of carried that Chicago team uh, to a championship that year when we had a really good team. Yeah, that's why I never get the 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 thought coming into this series or the speculation, like I said, was that Jordan was a little concerned that it might make him look bad. And and that's a big chunk of why we haven't had this series. I mean, it's been 22 years since that season they're talking about, that 97-98 season. Michael Jordan, for as great as he's been, most of the, the, the talking about him is just Bulls fans saying he's better than LeBron over the last few years. We haven't really had a documentary like this. Part of the reason it took so long is because they couldn't get Jordan involved. Well, Jordan is the most important interview in this series they lean on him heavily and it's cool because I really I don't remember hearing Jordan talk that much I really don't I mean I know he did when he played and they've shown footage of that but since he retired I just I mean nobody can give insight on the career of the greatest player of all time 
like the greatest player of all time. So it, it's good to hear from him. But if his reservation was that he was he was going to come off bad because he was so competitive, I mean, to me, that's what sports are all about. You know, that's what it's that's what it's built on. It's great to see that. It's great. That to me is the most endearing quality that Michael Jordan has. Sure, he was amazingly talented. There are other amazingly talented players across the sporting landscape. But just to see how much a loss would eat at him. Can you imagine can you imagine the 76ers drafting Michael Jordan a few years ago and telling him to just trust the process and sit there and we're just going to tank for four years? He would have lost it. He would have absolutely lost it. So I just I, I like that that aspect of Jordan and all the talk was that episodes five and six, if if part of the series was gonna make him look bad to you, it was gonna be those two episodes. I didn't see it. I only saw stuff really I liked. I mean, I know they talked about his gambling stuff and all that, and I get that. But in terms of just the competitive, maybe even to a fault, sometimes it's tough to be his teammate because he's so competitive. I'd rather play on a team like that. Where you got somebody trying to rise everybody up. Uh, Before we wrap up, need to mention the KOB. Korean baseball is getting underway this week. It's really the only live sport we have right now. ESPN is actually going to start airing some of the games. Merrill Kelly on with Burns and Gambo today. And if you don't know Merrill Kelly's story, you might be like, okay, why is he randomly on? Well, he pitched in the Korean League for a few years before he came over here to the D-backs. That was where he spent his time between ASU and then coming back and, and pitching for uh, the D-backs. He was on and you know, certainly had some good insights on what we can expect to see. I mean, I know a lot of people that are so hungry for sports that they're like, hey, this may not be baseball with a bunch of players I know, but it is baseball and it's competitive and I'm going to tune in. Well, if you're one of those people... You know, Merrill Kelly can give you some insight. He was asked, how different is the league in South Korea from the one here? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's still baseball. You know, baseball is baseball. Once you cross those white lines, I mean, relatively, it's it's pretty much the same. Pitchers still got to throw strikes, and hitters still try to hit bombs. Um, but you're going to see a couple different little things, I think, uh, more than, I think, more than just, like, the big aspect of the game. Um, you'll see stuff like the pitching coach making the pitching changes and standing on the mound while his reliever gets his warm-up pitches in. Um, you'll see stuff like pitchers thrown on the side of the field um, while the game's going on, um, and that guy's the next guy in. He's just getting his throws in to get warm up before he gets out on the mound. Um, but for the most part, I mean, you're going to see just a live, like you said, like everybody's itching for, just live baseball. If you're playing KOB Fantasy Baseball, feel free to tweet into the show at Rundown987. But yeah, live sports going on this week, so that's there for you if you are missing baseball. That's going to do it for us tonight. We'll get right back at it tomorrow. This has been the Rundown for Michaela Perkins Producing. I'm Luke Lipinski. Thanks for listening on ArizonaSports.com.